This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I'm glad you can be here once again to join us on this journey through Charity and Truth with Pope Benedict XVI. As we continue this series, and we're halfway through the series now, uh, of the encyclo- uh, encyclical, started to say encyclopedia, the encyclical of uh, Pope Benedict XVI, Charity and Truth. Uh, today, we are in Chapter 3, which, where Pope Benedict XVI covers the three major components of community as God uh, has given us, which is fraternity, economic development, and civil society. We'll break that down today. Now, if you notice, we spend a lot of time on this podcast building a foundation uh, that's rather large, and we spend a lot of time with that foundation We are building a skyscraper, a super tall as you would have it, uh, to give you a quick history. High rises, I think, are buildings that are up to 10 stories tall. A skyscraper is up to 90 stories tall, and a super tall is anything above 90 stories. Well, we're building a super tall here, a super tall of social justice. And to do that, we have to build a large foundation, You know, I'm not so concerned that you know how to recognize injustice and then react to it. What I want you to have is the right foundation. Because once you have the right foundation, then building a just society will come natural to you. Now, today we're going to look at three components within this foundation to understand how to build a society. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie or read the book 1984 by George Orwell, which kind of when things get super uh, controlling in society, we call it being Orwellian. Well, I haven't read the book, but from what people have told me, it's a bit different from the movie, but I've seen the movie. It's in black and white, uh, 1984. You know, it's a story about a monolithic society. Uh, kind of based out of Europe, but something has happened in the world to create this monolithic society that stifles human development, human thinking, human creativity, where you have the thought police and all these control mechanisms by this invisible government. And it makes man a tool of the state. Pope Benedict XVI gives us quite a different vision, a world where human creativity and gift is in full bloom, a world that is alive. In 1984, the world is quite a dead and dreary place to be. But here, uh, the world is alive. And uh, so I want to talk a moment about that word gift, because I said that the Pope uh, envisions a world where human creativity and gift is in full bloom. What does that mean? Uh, As humans, we were made for gift. 
In other words, to give ourselves to others. So what, what you are doing is when you do something for someone else, show charity towards someone else, you are gifting yourself to them. It's kind of a little bit in the Hebrew thought line in the Genesis narrative of God creating the heaven and the earth with the idea that God gave himself to that creating of the heaven and earth, not just that he created something outside of himself, but God placed himself into that creative order. God gifted himself to creation. And it's the same way as with humans. We have the ability and charity within society to gift ourselves to others. And that's a beautiful thing. It makes society beautiful and alive. Now, there's a warning that comes with all of this, with creating a just society, and that is this. We have to avoid the tendency in modern times to try to create a just world by ourselves. I see it all the time within these huge government programs, uh, you know, these huge agencies that supposedly provide charity. What happens oftentimes is there is no mention of God. There is a rejection of a creator at all points, and uh, people are attempting to create programs for the poor. And what happens is they become complete failures and end up harming the poor. Why? Because you cannot do it without the creator. You can't create a just society that way. And we have to avoid that tendency to try to, to build a just society without the creator's help. Uh, I don't want to give the idea that God somehow needs our help, but what I'm saying is without the power of the creator. We forget that there is this thing called original sin. Now, for those of you not familiar with that, original sin is the idea that the first humans passed on to us this sinful nature, this tendency towards disorder, that our default unfortunately, right now as humans, is towards disorder. And so when we try to create an economy and a society by ourselves, then what we actually tend to do is pervert these and create injustice. Now, whatever you think of communism, I want to give you an example from that. So Karl Marx gives this, you know, proposes this idea of communism in his writings. And then Lenin sort of brings about this violent type of communism, which is the tendency. Karl Marx actually did not like Lenin and completely disagreed with his application of communism. But we've not, experts will say you've never seen a Marxist, a truly Marxist communism in a country. Not that it's necessarily a good thing, but you've never seen it because Leninist communism, which is extremely violent, is what always takes over. Why? Well, communism is atheistic by nature, and when you take God out of the equation, it's always going to pervert. That's, as humans, we tend to just always pervert things. Now, I'm not promoting communism, so don't get scared. I'm just giving that as an example where Marx would say, Lenin perverted my idea of communism. Well, it's because that's our tendency as humans is to pervert and twist things into disorder. Um so we've got original sin. So when we try to create an economy, 
and try to create just society without God, then it's going to lead to disorder. It always has, always will. The Romans did it. The Egyptians did it. Um, you know, all these nations throughout history and empires have tried to do it by themselves and it always ends up in complete disorder. Uh, so we have to avoid that tendency. We need to recognize that God, who is love, is the source of economy and society. I mean, look at the life of the Trinity. We're presented in the Christian scriptures with the idea of Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living out in a community of divine love, divine giving. And Jesus says, I give glory to the Father. The Father gives glory to me. The, I will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own, but only what I give him to say. You see, all these different things. There's this giving, this gifting community within the divine trinity. So we have to have that model of the trinity. We have to have that source to even know how to build an economy, how to build a just society. We have to have a blueprint, and the blueprint is God. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're just fumbling around and making it up as we go. I remember, I think I may have mentioned this illustration before, but I was working on a pharmacy, building a pharmacy many, many years ago. I was on a construction crew. We were building this pharmacy and pharmacy had a drive through And I don't know if it was the first one or one of the first pharmacies in the nation to have a drive through And one of the guys on the crew, who was a very experienced carpenter, he decided not to look at the blueprints. He's like, I got this. This is easy. So he builds the, the drive-thru and he looks at it and he goes, no, that's not right. He had to tear down the drive-thru. So he rebuilds it. After the third time of tearing down the drive-thru and trying to build it on his own, he said, you know, he looked at me and said, Michael, I think I should probably look at the blueprints, <laughs> see how this should be. And that's the way we do as humans, don't we? We try to build economies and societies on our own, and they keep falling apart and falling into disaster. At some point, we have to look at each other and say, well, maybe we should refer to God on this, how to get this right. You know, please, can we just stop the maddening cycle of trying to do it ourselves? When we, the Pope Benedict XVI brings out in this chapter that when we seek to create economy, and society ourselves, then we end up with consumerism and utilitarianism. For you see, freedom and reason comes from God. You know, today we see a lack of reason. I mean, some of the policies coming out of the government now and some of the woke culture's ideas coming out, I have to shake my head and wonder, are we even human at this point? Do we even have brains given to us at birth now? What is going on? You know, these so-called environmental policies that come out, it's like, actually, this environmental policy is going to do more harm to the earth. It's now coming out that, you know, people push all these electric cars. It's now coming out the damage that they're doing to the environment. It's like, and some experts are even showing how they do more damage than gas-powered cars to the environment with the mining processes, the manufacturing processes. Of course, you got the windmills and things like that. In other words, we're trying to do it on our own, and it's coming out disastrously. Because freedom and reason come from God. Uh, now, people will claim that sin is freedom. 
you know, you've got the sexual revolution, 1960s, and they say freedom to have sex and sexual freedom. Well, it actually ends up leading to slavery. I've talked to s- several people I know who who experimented with sexual freedom, and they said, man, I actually end up being a slave, miserable, and dealing with deep loneliness. Why? Because only God can bring freedom to the soul. St. Paul talks about this a lot in the scriptures, how Christ brings freedom that the law never could and that sin never can. So with all that in mind, let's break down the three components of society, the three components of true human community that Pope Benedict XVI brings out to him. Uh, And the first one is fraternity, second one, economic development, and finally, civil society. So fraternity. Fraternity uh, is the idea of having a world and a human society where we truly see each other as brothers and sisters. Where we truly see each other as being one, having a common creator a common heavenly father. And in that fraternity, we see that whatever I do affects you and whatever I do to you affects me. In other words, we're closely bound as humans. We're on the same plane, no matter what job title you have or political title, whatever, we're actually all on the same plane. In a truly fraternal world, there is trust. You know, today's world lacks trust. Uh, The Pope brings out these insane contracts that we sign with each other to make a transaction. And you know what I mean. You know, to make simple transactions, here is an incredible amount of paperwork. If I want to go to the cell phone store and get a cell phone plan, there's an incredible amount of paperwork I have to sign to do that. To buy a car, to to buy a refrigerator, whatever, is all these contracts, even to to have my job, requires a lot of paperwork signing. And we do this, and the Pope says that shows the complete lack of trust and the complete lack of fraternity. Now, you may say, well, there's people that's broken at trust. I get that. But still, let's not throw fraternity out the window to throw the baby out with the bathwater because of that. You know, now we have to even have attorneys interpret contracts because they're so heavy laden with language. In fraternity, there is freedom and trust, room to be creative, and room to make mistakes. Now there's no room. These corporations, they've got you bound under such heavy contracts. There's no room to make a mistake as a human being, and even at your job with, you know, like these, these, uh, uh, at-will employment. At-will employment is a disaster. It doesn't allow an employee uh, or even an employer to make a human mistake and to be able to make up for that mistake without losing your job or being sued. Fraternity allows for interaction between people, not between paper. You know, the the joke about... Uh, How many attorneys does it take to change a light bulb? It's a silly joke. It's a classic joke. And I'll only read part of the joke because it's really long. But, you know, just a simple act of uh, changing a light bulb. Here's the 
the silly version of this, you know, how many attorneys does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is such number as may be deemed necessary to perform the stated task in a timely and efficient manner within the strictures of the following agreement, whereas the party of the first part, who will be henceforth be addressed as the lawyers, and the party of the second part, henceforth addressed as the light bulb, do hereby agree to a transaction wherein the party of the second part, the light bulb, shall be removed from the current position of a result of failure to perform previously agreed upon duties, that is, the lighting, elucidation, and otherwise illumination of the area ranging from the north door through the entry terminating at the area just through the primary living area, and so on. It's a long answer, but just shows the silliness of it that we we are living in a society where it almost is as ridiculous that you have to have a contract with lawyers to even get a light bulb changed, you know. And what the Pope says is that that totally flies in the face of what God wants for us in human society, that is fraternity, brotherhood, unity, trust. We have to make sure that we're, we're not losing these uh, in our uh, society. Now, the second uh, component of human community is economic development. You know, economic develop me, development means the, the how do we develop economies where everyone can, has the opportunity to thrive and where we're not pitting people against each other or suppressing various groups of human beings. Now, the economy of, that the church promotes is not a named economy. The church doesn't say capitalism or, you know, socialism, although the church actually speaks against especially those two types of economies, rather than naming a, an economic system that should work for nations, the church names a way of economy. The church promotes uh, a market where relationships are promoted, a network of relationships between people. So the church promotes a market that promotes relationships where there is a network of relationships between people. Now, we used to have that. A lot of people, especially old people that I know, older, I should say elderly, because in my age, I shouldn't be saying that anymore. But uh, a lot of them lament the fact that used to be family-owned little stores to go buy things, not these big box stores and these supermarkets and things. But you knew the people who owned the store. In other words, there was relationship. You know, the church holds that a true economy involves friendship, solidarity, and reciprocity, which means solidarity means that we're together in this with those who are struggling. And uh, the final term means that there is a mutual giving back and forth. I've said this with people who've worked with me serving the homeless population, that there needs to be a give and take. And that relationship, it's not all about giving to those on the streets, but them giving back. I tell, have told workers before, don't just try to teach them and help them, allow them to teach you and help you as well. In other words, reciprocating the relationship. The church promotes an economy where humans are at the center of that economy. Uh, in socialism and capitalism, you know, that is not the case. In socialism, the government is at the center, and capitalism, corporations are at the center. But the economy 
the church envisions an economy where humans are the center, where people are gifts to each other, where people share. By the way, you get the email at the end of this podcast, but catch that email, write it down, email me, and let me know your creative ideas, how this could look in an economy. Uh, now, G.K. Chesterton, if you study him, he really promoted the idea of distributism, which is where everybody's guaranteed private property and where the economy is run by family-owned mom-and-pop type shops and that the only place for corporations would be where there's a product where you can't really do it in a family-owned way, such as the production of cars, things like that. But that most, almost everything should be that. And in distributism, there is no place for big box stores, no place for chain businesses, but rather it's all local, hyper-local. I like that idea. I've been playing around with it in my head for a couple years now, just trying to analyze it, pick it apart. But so far, I like the idea if we could, as humans, again, not pervert it. <clears throat> and where could you start with this? Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, the best place to start with that kind of an economy is right in your neighborhood. Just get with your neighbors. Say, hey, let's create something here. Let's try to experiment, see what we can come up with. So we've got fraternity, we've got economic development, and the third and final component of human society would be civil society. Civil society is where you have a society that is civil. No, just kidding. But it is the daily life of society organized around common agreements. That's what civil society is. The daily life of society organized around common agreements. It is the daily life that we live where we learn how to be just and charitable, where we can really make a difference. You know, the longest, if you're not familiar with the church calendar, the Catholic church calendar has uh, seasons of the year. You've got Advent and Christmas, you've got Lent and Easter seasons and so on. But the longest season of the church calendar is called ordinary time. Why? Because it is in the ordinary where we make a difference. Yeah, you know, I had a moment this week where I was connecting with an old person from Germany and they were sharing stories of living there right after the Holocaust. They were raised there right after the Holocaust. And, you know, at the end of that, I just gave them a long hug. And they told me that hug made their week. The ordinary, you see the ordinary action of a hug bringing charity and building community in the ordinary. And they said that felt so human, that hug did. You see, living in our busy, obsessive life is not human. Growing a garden together in the neighborhood is very human. Now, I want to make a side note here in this discussion on civil society. We talked last week a lot about globalization and the downfalls of that. But Pope Benedict XVI actually is very hopeful with globalization. He sees it as a positive. He said that globalization is simply what we make it to be. We can make it negative or we can make it positive. He, he, he says that so far we've made it very negative and perverted, but he says we can turn that around. We can make it a positive where people are able to more connect with each other. And where 
the poor or downtrodden societies can be lifted up by the the more solid societies, you know, and that's true. There are amazing potentials in globalization, but it is what we make of it. Again, email me. I want you to email me and let me know what you think could be positive in globalism. Be interested to see what your thoughts are. I love when people write and sometimes you throw me off with your creativity making me think. I like to be challenged and have to think. So the three components in this foundation of building a just society is fraternity, that is brotherhood, economic development that is centered around humans and civil society where we're living out charity towards each other and the ordinary stuff of life. Someone asked me this week why I live in such abandoned love towards people and go the extra 100 miles for the broken. I told them that I am done dreaming of a good world. I'm done with it. I don't want to dream of a good world anymore. We have to start living it. And what you dream of for the world, just do it. Stop dreaming and do it. And may God give us grace to live out a just and charitable community right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.